Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We would like to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. We really hope that you are building a career, building a lifestyle building a team. Maybe you're working on something. That's what we want to do. We want to take that journey with you and help you in that journey. We do that through some of our coaching and training, and we do that through some of our special guests. I am very honored to introduce you to my friend, Pamela Quinn. She's a fellow John Maxwell coach, trainer, and speaker. We've gotten to know each other through some other interviews she's done with me and through social media, so it's great to have her today. Let me tell you a little bit about her, and then we'll introduce her. So Pamela is an established entrepreneur She brings over 20 years of asset development and business experience to the services offered through Lead Your Legacy, her company's Lead Your Legacy. And under her leadership, organizations secured an average of 300% growth in key performance indicators during the first year. Pamela holds a bachelor's degree from Midland University. She serves as an executive director with the John Maxwell team, and she's also been appointed to the John Maxwell President Advisory Council. So she's a great individual, and welcome to the podcast today, Pamela. Thank you, Brian, and thank you so much for allowing me to join you in this uh, venture of sharing knowledge and insights to leaders who are pursuing growth. It's amazing to join you today. Thank you. Well, we are grateful to have you. I absolutely know it's a passion for you because I follow you and I see things that you're doing and helping others. I know it's a passion for both of us. It's a synergy that, that we love. Let me ask you the first question I love to ask guests. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Pamela Quinn? You know, that's a great question. In fact, I was just on a call with somebody telling them how I perceived leadership to look when I first started, which I perceived leadership to look like the title I had earned and the position I had acquired. That's what I thought leadership was. And as I left waste in my wake of of people and, uh, just loss of relationships because of what I thought leadership was. I've grown to understand that it is how we impact people and influence them in a way that positively positively influences their life. And that understanding of leadership has been greater than any of the titles I've ever held. That is wonderful. You saw me had to take a note there, waste in my wake. Uh, that, that, that's a great thought. I want to remember that because, man, I've probably done that so much in my life. Then you look behind, where'd that come from? Well, you put it out there, you bozo. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely uh, wasted your weight. But leadership, it, I'm like you, you know, at first it was about gaining a title. I want to be a supervisor. I want to be a leader. I, I want, for me in the construction industry, was, I want to drive around on a pickup truck and do nothing is what, what we all thought that guy was doing, you know? Then when you get the job, you realize, wow, this is a whole lot more than driving around in the pickup truck. So understand, yeah, definitely leadership. I had another guest on the other day, and, and I've heard this a couple of times now, but talked about the verb leader and the noun leader. And, and when he first said it, I heard non-leader. And I thought, boy, that, that, that kind of fits here that the noun leader might be a non-leader. That's awesome. I love that, the verb leader and the noun leader. I have not heard that one, so I'm going to steal that one as well. Because leadership's action is just so, let's just say people know you're leading when you're leading an action rather than when you're being a leader. It's a yeah, 
and, and that comes from uh, Chris Gonjasso. He was uh, on an episode Wow Factor. I can't remember the numbers, just a few episodes ago. So, hey, if you haven't listened to that yet, please listen to that. And definitely we covered that, that noun leader and the verb leader. And it was just a great discussion. And I had heard it before that, but it's the first time it came up on the podcast. And just, just a great thought. You know, you talk about defining and pursuing a legacy. So, so both of those, you know, it's, it's a big step to define one but then it's a commitment to pursue one. So talk to us about that today. Yes, absolutely. So the defining the legacy piece really came about because I would go to these leadership conferences and I, I one of the big things that they would have you do as an exercise is like write your obituary and, and write out, you know, kind of lay out what your life produced in the end. And then they would talk about how that was your legacy. And I really struggled with that concept because I don't want to wait that long to have something to write down. I, I don't want it to be at the end for the legacy to be defined. I want the legacy to be defined now. And as we utilize the concept of legacy to teach my team how to grow personally and professionally, we started to talk to them about what could be in the future. And then we started to understand defining their legacy in the future isn't going to empower them now. So what if we were able to look at a legacy now? What if we could define a legacy as right now in this moment? And, and what would that look like for them? And so we began to do that. And honestly, off the cuff, shaped the concept that we began to teach of how to define your legacy in the moment. And the commitment to that legacy is really the commitment each and every moment to creating what might be on that final document. But you're creating it right now. So it really shaped itself as we learned how to guide people in understanding what legacy should be defined as for them. Yeah, and you know, if, if we can live out a legacy, it's, it's so important to realize people are looking to us. People are, are wanting to see how we're doing and learn and, and, and gain from us. And, and in the end, it, it, it really is. It's not about the cars or the houses or all these tangible things it's about when you're when somebody's standing over your casket what are they going to say about you how do they feel how did you make them feel did you make them feel important did you make them feel loved those are going to be the things people remember you for they're not going to say man he had a really nice car <laughs> it's, it's not even going to come up well and the piece that was really important to how we taught defining legacy was sometimes people would kind of feel deflated thinking that their only impact was the people that they knew and saw on a regular basis. And so we had to help people understand that their legacy was well beyond the people that they knew and saw on a regular basis, that their legacy was that person and every person that that person interacted with and every person that those people interacted with and that that one interaction had value and reach so far beyond the world that they could immediately see and it taught them that their legacy created significance for them and how they lived. That significance is what really empowered them to believe what they were capable of. Yeah, and, and we are capable of so much. You know, one of the great leaders one time said, if, if we did what we were capable of, we would astound ourselves. And, it, and we really could. It's just we, we have these self-limiting beliefs. You know, I posted something on LinkedIn today where I, where I said, no amount of self-improvement will, will do you any good 
when you don't believe in yourself. And I, I don't remember the exact quote now, but it, it's just that you, first of all, we have to believe in us. I have to believe in me. I have to know that I have something to give others. And then I have something to give myself. You know, too often people don't, don't even understand they have value. And if we can open that window for them and, and show them their own value, you know, it, it's like a seed. If you, Once you leave a seed on the counter, it does nothing. You have to plant a seed and you have to put it in soil. I've been telling everyone that, that I think 2020, I'm going to look back on it for myself as a year of the plow. It plowed mm-hmm. us up. It, it took that soil where we've been, hey, everything's going great. We don't need to do anything new. And it just tore that up and said, hey, you got to do some changes. You got to learn how to do some new things because 2020 impacted us in such a way that now, hey, but use it for good. Use it for broken up soil and change soil and, and get a, get better pH values out of your soil because that's what farmers need, you know. So just it's so important that that we see we have something to give. Well, and I love the analogy of this soil because what I was seeing um, and, and the people that I'm most passionate about working with, honestly, and I hate calling them this, but this defines it for what other people can receive and understand, but the lowest level worker in an organization, the lowest level on that pyramid, on the organizational chart, those are the people that I'm most passionate about working with because that really is where the potential of an organization lies in what they will produce and what they will commit to and what they'll pursue. And so when that soil would be disrupted like that in an organization or in, in the year 2020, what I was finding was those people that were closest to the problem, those people that were closest to the disruption were stepping aside and waiting for somebody that was titled to come in and show that they were equipped to plant and to nurture and to grow. And so our goal was to help them understand you are the one that is equipped. You are the one that can plant. You are the one that will not only grow yourself, but grow others. You don't have to wait for the titled person to do that. Your legacy is just as valid as theirs. And therefore, we need you to step into these roles. And it was truly a mind shift where we had to tear off layers of what had been ingrained and build back up where we hoped for them to go. That is so true, Pamela. We often find, you know, you have a meeting and you talk about some issues and you ask the frontline supervisors, frontline workers, how long have you known about this? Oh, we've known about it for years. And they've accepted it, as you alluded to, because they're waiting on a leader to step in and do something. But when you make them the leader, when you give and empower them the tools and resources to be able to make a decision and make things better, it's going to get better a lot sooner than when it waits to reach the top, if there is a top. Hopefully, you don't have a top organization. But if you do, (laughs) then you really need to be out there with a front line and try to get them to understand and empower them so that they're, they're not waiting on you to make the right improvements and right adjustments. Yes. Great, great share. And I have to share this with you. And I I know I didn't tell you I was going to share this ahead of time. But so in my briefcase, I have this. And if you remember, we met at the John Maxwell um, International Certification event. um, and, And you had shared your business card. And I've always kept it because to me, not just the word, but the shape of it, 
everything about it was just a definition of going somewhere. You know, it's different. You're going to pick it up. It looks different right on the front. It says build. And so I just, I've always kept this. And as I was preparing my um, materials uh, the other day for a presentation, it, it kind of fell through and into the bottom. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to share this when I have a chance to speak with you because I don't keep a whole lot of business cards. I usually type them in as contacts and toss them, but this is one that stood out. And so I just wanted to share it with you a little bit. I know it's off course of what we were talking about, but I think your visual of who you are and what you deliver resonates in what you create in this podcast. So I wanted to share that. Well, that, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, I tell the people that I hand that card to, I may have told you when I hand it to you, they're designed to be different. You have to flip it over, not around for the, for the arrow to be pointing in the forward direction. And my inspiration came out. My sister told me about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago about the FedEx logo. Are you familiar with the FedEx logo? Not, not a concept of it. I mean, I'm familiar with what it looks like, but not necessarily a concept. So when I tell you this and when I tell the listeners this, when you look at the FedEx logo, I think it's between the E and the X, there is an, a forward arrow. And you'll never be able to unsee it once you see it. Every time you see the FedEx logo, you'll start to see the forward logo. And so I wanted to incorporate that. In, and that's those business cards for the listeners. Those business cards are cut with a die with a forward pointing. I said, you know, I had it. I, I know, didn't know we were going here, but here we go. So I had a legacy business called Integrity Construction Services that I, when I went to the John Maxwell training my first time, I wanted to call my business Integrity Consulting Services. And while I was sitting in, in, the, in, the, in the final day with, with some of the trainers afterwards, the build logo came to me. The arrow came to me that the screws that hold it together and, and I, the, when, he, when the designer designed it, he had the screws all in line. I said, no, I want them to be twisted differently because we're all different. We make it up there. So there, again, it, there's a lot of thought, a lot of, it, it is a designed business card. And I share that with people and then I get a lot of comments about how different it is and unique it is. Intentionally, I want to help people not only to recognize their differences, but to help all, all of us move forward. That is okay. So I just looked at the screws because I had to check that out. That is perfect. You know, I, I love when someone is so clearly defined in what they're going to do that everything that they have about it represents that clear definition. So again, the business card, just the shape and in the front, the build is what caught my attention, but even going down into the screws, that is amazing. Um, so I, I love that because I feel, and this is just from my personal experience working with companies, working with companies as they kind of define their, themselves and define their brand and explain it to customers and explain it to their teams. You can tell if they have bought in to what they are going to produce, to what they're going to do and how they're going to serve. And you can tell because of how they define it, not just in words, but in visually and everything that they put out and the intent of everything they put out. It's so clear and has such clarity. So I'm, I'm thank you for sharing that. I greatly appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you hanging on to that card and giving me the opportunity. So now the listeners have got to hear the story about the business cards. So I appreciate that. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? 
reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Well, let's talk some more. This, this is a great segue into this. You talk about, you said one of two, uh, two over two decades of inspiring teams to perform at their highest level, you have found that their greatest inspiration is the awareness that their actions, their service, their role can literally change the world. Dynamic, powerful. You know, it's funny when, when you read through that. That is the piece earlier when I was talking to you that I said, I want to get a copy of that paper, uh, the, the responses that I gave you, because how I stated the piece for our team was different in how I used the words. And it, was, it wasn't really different in what we did, but just kind of how I used the words. So I'm excited to share about it. What I learned over five to 10 years, honestly, is my goal was to inspire a team. I, it was very clear to me as a leader that I could go nowhere without the support of my team. And so I had to learn how to inspire them. And at first I tried to inspire them by teaching them how to lead. And then that's where we went. And that lasted pretty good and, and had some impact. So we taught them ownership, empowerment, and personal growth. And then they kind of wanted to do more. You know, once you know how to lead, once you're empowered, you want more. And so we thought, okay, so what can we do more as a company? And so we started doing community engagement, donating time, giving time, talent, and treasure, and doing those pieces. And so we started doing that and contributing that as a company. And so because they worked for us, they were contributing, was how we viewed it. And we thought that would suffice for their desire to seek more. But what we found was that really only represented the company that they worked for. It kept their legacy within our walls. Even though our walls were reaching beyond, they weren't personally reaching beyond. And so what we found was the empowerment of them to define, as we said earlier, that legacy for themselves and to know how to reach beyond the walls of our company, beyond the walls of our team, beyond the walls of their family, how to reach beyond there and create an impact and an influence in how they engaged with people that would have a lasting effect on people that they would never meet in cities they would likely never visit and in lives that maybe don't even exist yet because we're teaching a parent that might then raise a child. So by shifting the power of their reach from their reach as a company, their reach as an employee, their reach as a team member to their reach as an individual. And you might be thinking, yeah, you should have started there first. Well, sometimes we're a little slow learners, but shifting it to their reach as an individual and helping them understand worldly impact you know, to tell someone that makes minimum wage, that cleans floors every day, 
and sometimes walks to work because they don't have a vehicle, but they can change the world. That's a very powerful thing. Their commitment to the organization, their commitment to the community, their commitment to their teammates, it shifted everything. So that in an organization is powerful. That outside of an organization, it's almost overwhelming how they can perceive their ability. So it's just been very transformational to experience the impact of empowerment in people's lives. Um, so yes, that, that is a passion. I just has my heart um, of how I can continue to recreate that for teams, for organizations and individuals. Well, that jumped off the page at me. And, and part of that is because I, I do some training for a local, and your husband's a pilot, so he'll recognize Sun and Fun here locally in our Central Florida. I've done some training for them. And you know the leadership game. So with the leadership game, when I go to a, a corporation, I give a $100 challenge. And I've got a, a bank envelope with me. And if anybody can quote their company's motto or their statement, vision statement, I will give them $100. I've only lost $100 one time and I lost it to Sun and Fun because the whole table quoted their mission statement to me. The every, All 11 of them yes. quoted the mission statement. So their leader, when, when I asked him, I said, how did you do that? How did you get them all to commit to, to memorizing? Because too often we work for organizations and we say we're a leader and we don't even know what their mission statement is. We have it bought in. And he said, listen, I want the guy cutting the grass to know I'm cutting this grass because we want people from around the world to come and see the best aerospace event in the world. That's leadership. Yeah. That, that's when you, you, you get people that understand. And so I had to make a donation to the Sunday Fund organization of a hundred bucks because of the whole team. I was like, I can't give you all $1,100. You didn't pay me that much for the training. So I did some of the stuff for them on a, on a uh, not-for-profit deal. So, But just it's a challenge that I like to give out. And if you can get your front line, my, my mom likes to tell a story. She was at a, and I can't remember where it was at, but at a park or a, a national monument. And they're walking along having a conversation. And it's about the, where's the next place? How do you do this? What, what's happening here? And the guy sweeping the floor speaks up to them and says, oh, this is what you do. And this is how you do it. He knew they were there for an experience. And he wanted to be a part of that experience. And, you know, Disney does a wonderful job with this. That They're cast members. They're there to support guests. Whatever that is. They're going to support the guest. And whether it's sweeping the floor, it's about supporting guests and, and giving a good experience. So I just love the fact that you, you talk about no, no matter how small their actions or their role is, it's part of the greater whole and it's part of for the better and the good of society and for their team. Yes. You know, and we had to recognize that they were not just the title of who they were at work. They were also mothers and fathers and daughters and sons and siblings. And um, they had these other roles. And so we actually shifted some of our time and training to acknowledge this is what we're training you for work. This is how it translates to home. 
So let us help you fulfill all of your roles. Um, and that was powerful as well because it showed them that, hey, we don't just value you when you're clocked in. We value you every other minute of the day as well. That was a shift for a lot of the leadership because you know how we kind of judge and compare as, as human beings, our humanness really shows through. And, and so for us to acknowledge and own that we value people outside of that space, some of the leaders were like, you know, you know, that whole, uh, you don't, you leave it at the door. You know, you don't, you don't bring it in, you leave it at the door. And then that was like crossing that line for them. And I'm like, well, that's great. And I, I appreciate the whole, you leave it at the door concept, but it's not really true. And it, 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 they take home what's at work. What makes you think when they're coming here from home, they're going to dump it at the door. And so it kind of crossed the boundary for some of our leaders because they really felt that that was a finite space of work and, and personal. But at the same time, I think when you value someone in everything that they do, the space that you connect with them in, that value is elevated. Um, so it, it was really a great result for something that we did really just to grow them at all levels. But the result, like I said, was incredible of what we saw. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, on well, as I've been doing these podcasts, I came up with, I get a, get a lot of great lessons from other people while I'm doing this. And, and we talked about work-life balance and that there is no work-life balance. It's more like a work-life harmony. Mm-hmm. And, and as you stated, you can't not, are, are you going to leave your family, what, what's going on with your life and your family at home? It, it comes with you. Can, can, can you do your job and function around it? Yes, but you're not, it, it's there. It's, it's in front of you. And by the same token, when you go home, should you be talking about work with your, with your family? Probably not. You need, you know, they may want to hear some things about your job, but not, don't go into the interests. But when you're in the moment, the moment that you're in, that's the balance. And it may not be 50, 50, 60, 40. There is no magic number for it. It's when you're in the moment, make the best of that time when, when you're at work and, you, and you're working hard, but a family member calls you and needs you. It's time to work on that. And, and what's important in life is going to come to the rise of the top. You know, and I look, my, my grandmother passed away several years ago and when she did, everything stopped for me and the, the people around me did what I was supposed to be doing and things happened without me. And I realized this makes me aware of what's really important. You know, I strive to be a great worker. I want to be dependable. I want to be all those things. But in my time of grief and when I had to, had to be there for my family, my team stepped in and they realized what was important for me and they, they did what needed to be done while I was absent. And that's what's so, and we got to do the same thing. I got to do the same thing for them when they're, when they're, when they lose a loved one and when, and when they have issues in their family and things they need to work on. I got to give them the time and space to do that and step in for them. Lift, lift them up, help, help them. Yeah. The personal touch is just the value of it is, is you can teach it, you can encourage it, but you could never duplicate it without it being genuine. Um, So allowing it, you know, to me, it's a freedom. It's an empowerment to allow the personal relationship, the personal space, the workspace to blend it, it. 
it's a freedom for them to do that, experience that. And again, it shows in their contribution. And, and I don't think you can pretend that. I don't think you can fake that. Um, I think it has to be genuine. It has to be at all levels. And it'll be evident if you shift differently. Um, and if you have time for a quick story, I'll, I'll give you an example. I would love an example. <laughs> of a poor decision I made as a leader. Um, we're a very family-oriented environment. Um, it's healthcare is um, a majority of my background, and this is a healthcare story. So it's a community living healthcare environment where people live long-term in the environment and then you have your workers and that type of thing. And many of our workers have young children and, and we would have some gaps in you know, where the husband went to the work or the wife went to work and sometimes they would bring children in or we would have some that would bring children in and just kind of hang out with some of our, our uh, clients and, and people would bring children in. And, and that was just kind of how it always had been. And then we had some situations where it was taken advantage of, um, children staying quite a bit of time over a shift or maybe being a little destructive um, or you know, getting into things that they shouldn't. And we went from allowing that open door to making a policy of no children. No children when you're working. That was the policy that we made. Because if you're working, you're working, your children shouldn't be there. And that was our policy. And so we implemented that and we enforced it. We even lost a couple of staff over it because that was essential for them. And they weren't even the ones taking advantage of it. They just needed that extra 30 minutes when their kiddos were there. And what happened was, is the ones that would bring their kids in to visit just on their own personal time, not even on the clock, they quit doing that. Because if you don't value my children when I'm working, then I'm not going to bring them in and value your space when I'm not. And even though nobody said that, the language of it was clear. And so what we had done is we had created a boundary that didn't support our mission because it was easier to blanket a boundary than it was to address an individual. And I think five weeks later, I rescinded that policy. It didn't take very long. And as a leader, I had to say, you know, I took the easy way out. I could have addressed this with situation with a couple of the key people where it was an issue, and I chose not to. I chose to make a blanket rule, blanket boundary. That was an easy way out, and it damaged who we were, who we stand for, who we say we are, and what we do, and I'm sorry. And I'd love to tell you that the minute I wrote that letter, that everything was back and it was glorious, but it took time for them to trust us, to value them again. It was damaging. So I learned to think through and really align with the mission decisions that I'm making. Because that one in particular, while it was easy, definitely off the cuff and it resolved an issue, it was not the best. It was not in alignment with our mission and it certainly didn't value the, the team members in all of their roles by what we were doing. Um, so it was a great learning experience for me and gave me a perspective to continue to evaluate decisions going forward too. That's a great story. And before you started to tell the story, I was thinking about accountability because, you know, it can't be an open 
door, do whatever you want to do. There are, this is a business. We do have to have some deliverables. We do. So there's gotta be an accountability piece. And that's what you were alluding to holding those few people accountable. Didn't jeopardize everyone else's experience. And and that's what we got to be careful with policies and procedures. Like you alluded to taking the easy way is, is the easy way, the best way. And so we just need to think that through and have those conversations and be intentional about what we're doing and engage others with those decisions to see how they impact each, each other. Is this the best decision? Does this work for the team collectively is what we got to start thinking about. Pam, we have had a wonderful discussion. It was great to have you today. Tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you, social media, websites, however you'd like for them to do that. Absolutely. Well, you can always um, find me on Facebook at Pamela Quinn, um, Lead Your Legacy. I have a page and I also have a group um, that is open uh, and we do some teaching concepts in there virtually, just like this. And um, I also have a website, leadyourlegacynow.com. So leadyourlegacynow.com is my website and that's a great place to interact as well. Um, If you're interested in being involved in any of the consistent um, communication that we have going out or knowing when we're having leadership events and experiences, um, just make sure and connect in those spaces. Thanks so much, Pamela. And for our listeners, we'll include that in the show notes. So if you're driving or wasn't able to take notes, we'll have that there for you as a convenience. We appreciate you listening to the Build Your Success podcast today. Do me a favor, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go over, give us a fair and honest rating and review. Share this podcast with others. Hey, Pamela can help someone out there that needs this, share it with them. We appreciate you listening. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.